This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Bill Mayer talks about living a Christian life in today's culture. We overcome God's creation. One body. One How can we raise children to be good Christians? One body. God's creation. Well, let's find out. Bill is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. All right, so we are talking with Bill Mayer. We have a, a, a wonderful topic here. So uh, we have a great hour in store for us. Living a Christian life as a family or young person in our current culture is going to take toughness, thick, st- thick skin, and trust in God. Wow. Okay. So I'm, I'm ready for that. Um, the introduction, Bill is currently the Director of the Offices of Family Life, Religious Education, and Youth Ministry for the Diocese of Salina. His background involves over 25 years in ed- education and catechesis in parish religious programs for both youth and adults, as well as teaching in Catholic schools. Bill is also the head boys basketball coach for the Monarchs of TMPM. He is married to the love of his life, Mandy. Together they have been blessed by God with three children, Thomas 13, Andrew 12, and Emma 10. Wow, that's a great introduction. Bill, as you look around the world and, gosh, our current culture, you're, you're often heard talking about how this is an exciting time and that great saints are being made right now. So, so why do you believe that? Wow. You know, I think... Historically, when you look back at the darkest times in our church history, and you can even go back into the Old Testament, you look at exiles and and those sort of things. These kind of cultures and these kind of situations uh, bring about some of the greatest saints that we still celebrate this day. And, and, uh, you know, one of the good things about adversity, which I would say our culture causes a lot of adversity uh, for people, is... You, you can't be on the fence. You've got to pick a side, and then you've got to go with that. And, and uh, I think in a comfortable life, you may not have to make that decision, and you may be able to float in neutral and be you know, both sides of the fence. But uh, you know, we're, in, we're in a pretty clear culture where you have to define which side of the fence you're going to be on. And I think a lot of people, through their courage, through their belief and understanding uh, have stepped up and started talking and started uh, living out as as God wants us to. And and that's what he wants us to be as saints here so that we can spend eternity in heaven with him. And uh, and I think that you're going to see a lot of that. And I think... You know, the fear is that people will be quiet, and you can tell through our church history that uh, that isn't what, you know, us as Christians do. And and so we aren't a quiet people, and when things are wrong, we step up and say they're wrong, and, uh, and I believe that's what you're going to see a lot of. Yeah, it is interesting. Just purely living out the precepts of the church yeah. makes you look radically different than the culture. Yeah. And, and so it, in one way, it's pretty nice because all you're doing is— you know, living out the precepts of the church, but you're making a statement to everybody else what you believe in, and you're bringing others with you. Because yeah. I, I do believe there's a lot of people out there looking to follow somebody, and they just need someone to start the process, and they just need someone to be living out their faith. And and uh, you know, I've seen it in schools, I've seen it in families where you know one parent will get serious about the faith, and and then all along goes the whole family. And I've seen it in in uh, you know entire classes within schools where there's kind of this neutral, 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 and then someone steps up uh, and people start to follow it. And so, you know, I think the world is looking for some leadership, and, and I think us as Christians can be that leadership. 
and I think um, you know one of the things we can talk about with this too is is you know it's a benefit for us to have adversity, and I think that that's something that to us as as Christians understand that uh, adversity causes growth. So you know, in, in a previous life of mine, I was a, a golf course guy, and and we understood that uh, if you just water plants every single day, they don't have to develop roots, and the first time that there's heat or some sort of adversity, they're dead and they're gone. Mm. But you know, the plants that have to suffer through droughts and have to suffer through those sort of things develop very you know intricate uh, root systems, and they're able to withstand. Those sort of things. And, and so, you know, we understand it in that way. We also understand it in the athletic world um, where when you lose a few, few games in a row, you've got to really look at yourself and say, either we're just going to lay down and die and be done as a team or we're going to figure out a way to be successful. And so, you know, I think a lot of people, and rightfully so, I don't love adversity, but I do love the results of adversity. And I think uh, a lot of people understand that uh, the adversity that's going on and the challenges that are going on, while they're not comfortable for us, they're good for us. And and we need some of that to, uh, you know, we talk about having some thick skin. You, you got to have some opportunities in order to grow that thick skin. And, you, you know, courage is not just... A natural thing that everybody has. You have to use courage. And as you use courage more and more, it becomes really easy for you. But yeah. the first time, it's really tough. Yeah. Um, it's fun for me because I've got little kids. And so I'm watching them kind of at the beginning of, you know, dad, I was in class and someone said something and I thought I should stand up and say something mm-hmm. about it, but I didn't. And, and you're kind of watching them learn how to use courage. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully, as every parent hopes, they continue to develop that way. Um, but, uh, you know, I think we're going to get a lot of opportunities to be courageous. And uh, that's going to make us a courageous people. Yeah. And courageous people change the world and, yeah. and uh, bring the gospel to others. Yeah. And again, that's part of our church history. Yeah, exactly. Oh, so good. So good. I, I love all that you're saying. Really, really awesome. All right. So what, give me some reasons why you think our culture is ready for a massive conversion of hearts. You know, I think so. Again, we we would look around and we'd say, "What's going on in this in the world today?" And I would say, in a lot of ways, um, people don't know what direction to go, and they don't know what's right or what's wrong or up or down. We we've, we've kind of taken away a few of those things, and I think one of the ways we can look at it is uh, there are so many people that are hurting around us, and they need the message uh, of Jesus, and. Uh, I think that there's probably never been a more welcome time to be able to walk up and say, you know, I look at it like what converted Rome in the early church? You know, Rome is the Roman citizens are told they need to worship these pagan gods. You're slave to the gods and all you're hoping to do is keep them happy so that they don't cause bad things in your life. And even if you do what you're supposed to do, they may just cause bad things in your life just because it's fun that day or whatever. And so when the gospels are being preached to them and said, hey, you know what? Actually, God loves you. He cares deeply for you. He sacrificed for you. You individually are important to him. And he's not asking you to sacrifice for him and be a, you know, a sacrifice. He came down here to be a sacrifice for you. Mm-hmm. And he wants to spend eternity with you. That was a pretty easy message for those who were chasing pagan gods and, and probably understood the unlikeliness of that. Uh, and I think in this day and age, too, so many people that are hurting and are you know, causing trouble and all sorts of things. It comes from a place of they don't know their value, they don't know their dignity, and they don't know that they're loved. And I think that's a really good message that we can bring to people and say, you know, it's okay. No matter what you are, no matter how you are, there's a God who designed you perfectly and exactly how you are. He loves you. He sacrificed himself for you, and he wants to spend eternity with you. And I think this culture needs that message, and I think there's a lot of people who want to hear that because – 
does the culture right now value the human person? I, I would say no. Mm. And so we, we have a beautiful message to teach to people on the other side of that. And I just think that gives us a, a culture that's ready. And, and, you know, Rome wasn't overthrown with military force or might. It got overthrown with the gospel message. Yeah. And, and I think our same culture right now is very similar. And mm-hmm. I think instead of fighting, we need to bring that gospel message to others and let them all know their value and their dignity um, as God gave them. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Continue yeah, on with that. You know, the, one of the things too is, is, uh, I, I do. We can talk a little bit about Catholic radio because I think that fits perfectly into this. When you look at adversity, you know, if you, if you listen to the story of this radio station, there's been a hundred roadblocks, and even as as they're getting yeah. Colby running and and yeah. spreading throughout the diocese and other dioceses, um, it's a beautiful story of just persisting and continuing. Yeah. And and the reality is, we will never know the fruits of what this Catholic radio station has done until you know we're in heaven and we see, you know. All the different people who had a conversion of heart because as they were driving, they were listening and, yeah. and they heard things. And, and it, again, it's amazing to me every time I turn on Catholic radio, how it seems like the Holy Spirit speaks directly to me and says something that I needed to hear that exact day. Yeah. And, and just being able to open up the airwaves for the Holy Spirit to work in our diocese yeah. is, is a huge thing. And so, um, again, if it was easy, then then everybody would do it. And if it was easy, then, then there probably wouldn't have been um, the same journey and the same fruit of that journey. And so, you know, again, just in our world, we're going to see a lot of suffering right now, but those are opportunities. And so when we see people who are suffering with, you know, poverty and, and injustice and those things, those are opportunities for us to bring the gospel message to others and, and, uh, you know, especially as you're being generous, why are you being generous? Because I've been blessed by the Lord. And let me tell you about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you should really know Jesus and, and what he's mm-hmm. done for me and how he can do that same thing for you. And, and uh, you know, same way uh, with people who are suffering injustices, you can say, you know, I know a guy that suffered a lot of injustice and ended up on a cross, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but this is yeah. why he was there. Yeah. And, and, uh, and so I just think, again, I think there's a receptiveness in the human heart right now in our culture because they know that there is value and dignity and the culture's not telling them that they are valuable and that there is dignity. But then also there's a lot of opportunities for us to do what we're supposed to do as Christians, which is go find those who are hungry and feed them, go find those who don't have clothes and give them clothes, go find the lonely and visit Mm -hmm. them. I think that we can't help ourselves, but see those around us. And and so I just think it's a perfect time for a massive conversion of hearts. And I think that uh, the Holy Spirit... You know, there's, there's a, a painting, and I didn't even know about it. I'm a chess guy. I like playing chess, mm-hmm. and I didn't even know about it, but there's a famous painting where Satan is playing a guy, and in that painting, it looks like the name of the painting is actually Checkmate, and it looks like the guy, he looks frustrated, he's hanging his head, and it looks like the guy's about to lose, and, and at some point, um, there was a chess master who walked by and said, uh, this isn't actually a Checkmate. He's, his king has one more move. And so that's what the painting was actually about. And so I think Satan and his pride and his arrogance is all over the place. Look at this culture. Look at what I've done. Look at how I've destroyed all these things. But the reality is uh, I think there's about to be a massive conversion of hearts, and he doesn't see it coming. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you completely. Well, the other, the other thing is is I think I can give some hope out there uh, for some people who are looking around. Uh, I went to an event, an event on Monday night. It was a beautiful event. It was at uh, St. Fidelis. Uh, in Victoria, and uh, it was really kind of cool because it was actually the feast day of St. Fidelis, and so we were in in the cathedral or the basilica at that time. Jason Everett came, and he talked to the young people about all the stuff that's going on with with the culture.
culture, uh, did a wonderful job. But when I looked around that church, I saw a Monday night and it was late, 730, something like that. I'm an old man, so that's late for me. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, saw, I saw families. I saw college students. Yeah. I saw high school students. Yeah. There was a high school group that drove all the way from Hoxie uh, to, to come up and, and uh, be there. And then he got done with his talk, and we had adoration and confession after that. And I watched 200-plus sit in that church of young people who are on fire for their faith, who are ready to bring that message out. And, and I see this all the time when I'm working with young people. They may be the first ones to be able to look around at the culture and say, this doesn't make sense. And I'm hearing it from them on, on my team. I'm hearing it from them in the classrooms. I'm hearing it from them when I go to different uh, CYO events or religious ed programs. They, they're looking around going, this this doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. And and uh, and I think that uh, some of our brightest and our best right now on the evangelization side are coming from our young people, especially our college campuses uh, that are just absolutely on fire. And, and again, we may get the negativity from whether it's social media or the mainstream media that all colleges are this or that. But within that college, there's a group of young people who are trying to follow God and are out there evangelizing and bringing others and, you know, like focus ministry and those sort of things. Just incredibly courageous. Uh, one of the kids who played for me a number of years ago uh, is actually out in Oregon at Oregon University, and he's a focus ministry, which, you know, that, that to some people might seem like he got thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Um, but what, what a beautiful example to me as an adult of what I should be doing when here's this 23-year-old courageous young man going going to Oregon to go yeah. preach the gospel to others. And yeah. and uh, and so I think if we allow us to soak up what media is telling us and what social media is telling us, we might say, oh, there's no chance, the world, whatever. But yeah. there's hope because the young people are, are, are getting it and are getting fired up and are ready to go. And so you know, just to be able to give a little hope for, for some out there. I agree. And, you know, that's what I think I love about our faith is, you know, we, we can look at things straight on, right? We, we know the difficulties that are going on in our world today, but we know it and we know we have hope. You know, we, we aren't in despair. So many are, are just like given up, you know, or, or fallen into the traps that, that are being, you know, the, the allure of all of the, you know, power that the things that are going on in our society, you know, they're falling into that trap. But as Catholics, we know we can't fall into that trap because the power is not ours, right? Yeah. It is not ours. It go, The power comes from from God and, and we need to acknowledge that, that we, everything we have, every good thing we have comes from him and so when we acknowledge that we always know that we have hope you know because he's given that to us and and god sprinkles us little examples of that around our world Mm. so we see that Mm. again i'm a sports guy so you know the message of it's not over until it's zero 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 on the clock and and uh you know we've been beneficiaries of last second shots and and we've been on the other side too but but uh, you know that's part of it And, and the reality is no matter how you live your life your future is not determined until your very last breath. And on that very last breath, you know, you could change your circumstances. And so I I think there is a lot of hope. Uh, It's beautiful that God loves us enough that it doesn't matter at what point we come to him. He's always there for us. And I think that should give us hope um, just for ourselves personally, um, but then also hope for the world. Like you said, we've read the end of the book. We know how it ends. Uh, Satan in his pride, he's denying that that's how it ends. And he probably thinks he has a chance to change that ending. But but we know how it ends. And, And I think we could relax a little bit, put our trust in God, and then do what we can to be part of the conversion of others. 
Excellent, excellent, excellent. Love that. So what does it take to make this a time of great conversion? You know, we've talked about that a little bit, but the, there's a whole lot more to, to pour into that. So, yeah, so talk I, to us. I've been, I've been using this with our, our, our guys on our team, um, but then also with other groups. we got to flip the C coin mm. uh, from cower to courage. Mm. And, and I think naturally I that. when we, when we, uh, when we want to protect ourselves or we want to protect our interests, sometimes we, we go to the cower side, uh, but we need to flip that to courage. And, yeah. and so every single day, um, I, I've started carrying a little coin in my pocket just with the thought process in my head of uh, when you have an opportunity to either cower and be afraid or to be courageous, um, mentally, I've got to flip that C coin and, and go from coward to, uh, to courage. And I think... Uh, uh, that can be a huge thing for us to be able to do that. And, and, you know, I think the thing about coward is it turns you inward. It makes you focus on yourself. I don't want to lose something. I don't want to hurt. I don't want to whatever. And then courage makes you turn outside, which Satan wants us to turn inward. God wants us to turn outward. When we turn inward, we feel sorry for ourselves or we, you know, uh, look at our own situation when we turn outward, we look at other people and we serve others and we see their struggles and we see their problems. Um, And so I think that's a a big thing that we can do is is really, you know, look at it, change our mindset a little bit on on that side. You know, one of the one of the things with that, too, is, you know, Satan's got a scouting report and he knows when he gets done looking at us. Let's take the radio station, for example. Let's take each individual person. And he's scared to death of us if we actually got courageous and we went out and did what we were supposed to do. And so his job to, in many ways, whether it's to you know make us feel sorry for ourselves, uh, focus inward, or to feel overwhelmed like we can't do it, is to keep us on the sidelines and not have us do anything. Yeah. But the reality is courage makes us incredibly dangerous to Satan because he knows the second we step up and say, we're going to do what we're supposed to do regardless of whatever you've done. He doesn't have a second thing behind that. Yeah. He only has the initial lies, the smoke, the mirrors. Mm-hmm. And once you step through that, yeah. there's nothing else there behind that. And yeah. and uh, and so I think that's just something for, for people to think about. If you want to go out there and win a victory today, just step through one of those moments mm-hmm. where Satan is hoping you don't walk out the door. Satan is hoping you don't pick up the phone and make the phone call to KVDM today. Yeah. Satan is hoping that you don't say hi to someone you're walking next to. Yeah. And, and every time you step through that moment, uh, you've become dangerous. And we want to be dangerous uh, as Christians to, to Satan and his plan and his mission. And so I think that's something you can think about as you go through your day is let's let's step through those those lies. Yeah, yeah. I. So such good advice. And, you know, I, I, I kind of think of it, you know, in in real terms, you know, for some of us to, to think about what you're saying, you know, just get past that initial smoke, smoke and mirror. You know, you think of the bully, right? You know, the bully, you know, as soon as you stand up to that bully, they cower back, right? Because they're only there for that, that short. They only have that smoke and mirror. They're not really, don't have anything to back it up with. And and so we need to, to stand up to that. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're cowering. So it might be as easy as a prayer be gone Satan yeah. you know I don't I don't accept your lies you know, I think the last thing on that one is is our need to develop some thick skin because as we are courageous and as we do have those moments where we step through you know there are going to be times that people say things to us or are negative or 
don't like our message and those sort of things. And, and uh, you know, I think to be a successful Christian all through humanity and to follow God, you could not have very thin skin and worry about what other people are thinking. Yeah. You know, perfect example when you talk about the bully is we all know that the bully actually doesn't feel very valuable and he's trying to create value by, you know, taking other people down. But that's an insanely difficult situation for people to deal with. And and I know this firsthand as a different view as my son is going to middle school. And this is kind of the first time we've had some conversations about, you know, you have to stand up when you see things like this and, and his answers. But dad, then they'll all turn around and they'll start laughing at me and I'll be the target. And, and, it's in my mind, I'm kind of laughing because I kind of seen the other side of it yeah. and know how it works out. But to him, it's a very real stress sure. and a really real pressure. And so, you know, we've been listening to things and we've been reading things and we've been looking for things to help him understand. I've got to have thick skin. I've got to develop um, an ability not to worry about what other people think. And, and again, I think that's a valuable, but it's a skill. You have to learn that. Um, but I think it's really important for us. Um, you know, we look at the early apostles, if they worried about what people thought, they would not have spread the gospel like they did, and they would not have been successful. Yeah. Um, even our leaders in the church today, there is certainly a lot of negativity towards anybody who stands up and speaks the truth. And so while that's not a fun or a comforting message for others, there is a freedom once you get that thicker skin and you quit worrying about what people think about you. Um, and you do realize that uh, you can do a better job of being an evangelist and a Christian um, when you do have that thicker skin. And so um, I, I think that's the tough aspect side of it and not the fun one that you want. But I think and I think that's why social media is hitting the kids so hard, because Satan is really putting all his his uh, chances into that because he thinks that's how kids will feel bullied. Uh, yeah. But the reality is we can turn it off. That's noise that we don't have to have. And, and uh, you know, encouraging our young people to step out of the noise and then it's gone it is an important part for us as we work with them. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more from Living a Christian Life in Today's Culture by Bill Mayer. One body. We're back on One Body, Stewarding God's Creation. Living a Christian life in today's culture. With Bill Mayer. Kelly Roper conducts the interview. So um, next part, strong families, the domestic church, make it hard for Satan to mess with its members. Is this why Satan is attacking the family so aggressively? Absolutely. Mm. And, and I think you've seen that attack yeah. all over the place. And I think that that's one of the things that uh, maybe is a comforting message to young parents today okay. is if you build up a strong domestic church in your house, it's going to make it really hard for Satan to mess with your kids. And, uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of levels to that and a lot of layers to that. But I think that that can help because I can't control my kids when they go to school and I can't control. I'm learning as a dad, there's more situations I can't control than I, than I thought there would be. But if I have a strong domestic church at home, 
and we are living out the faith, then it does make it hard for Satan because they'll know unconditional love because they'll look at the mother and the father and they'll know what that looks like. And they'll know no matter what they do, they'll always be loved. And I remember my mother telling me that when I was a kid, like, there's nothing you can do that won't make me love you. Mm-hmm. And and I'd look at it like, ah, challenge accepted. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but, but that was a reality. And then I also I had remember, a few kids like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then I also, but we've we've seen it played out over time, yeah. and it's been a beautiful thing for us as a reassurance of that unconditional love. And then I also remember her telling me that uh, she loved my dad more than she loved me. Oh. <laughs> and, and I, and as, as a kid, as a young kid, you're like, well, shouldn't you love your kids more than? But she understood that uh, having a strong marriage mm. took care of us, yes. and that she put him first, which took care of us. Um, And dads aren't off the hook in this whole thing, too. And we're going to have a men's conference here in about three months. And we're going to talk a lot about what men can do for their for their families. But if there is a strong uh, male presence of someone who is actively engaged in their faith, goes to mass with the family, sings when they're at mass, Satan really can't get to those kids that that is just one of those situations where if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing it is very hard for him to get into that household um and and you know you've seen the statistics where if the father goes to church you know it's like 85 percent or 88 percent that they will continue going to church after they leave the house if a father sings in church it's like a 90 percent chance that their kids will sing in church uh dads have a very important role and kids are watching their dads to see do they pray do they sing is mass important to them and so again if you want to protect your kids this is one of the areas that you can really as a family help take care of your kids which is create that strong domestic church uh in in your house yeah agreed and and at the same time remembering that you know there is an attack on on the family there absolutely is an attack sometimes my husband and i will be sitting at night talking about you know different things and i'll think you know and i'll look at him and i'll say bob you know things are pretty smooth right now what are we doing wrong right you know it's like <laughs> what, what's what's up you true. know so and, and even when you look at the financial situation going on yeah. don't think that that's not an attack on the family yeah. you know one of the number one things that pulls families apart is financial struggles and so satan obviously wants to put pressure in that area to see if he can divide those families and and uh you know, just just the, the attack on, you know, they say boomers and Karens and don't respect anything that comes above you. You know, Satan is trying really, really hard to make sure that kids don't listen to anybody who came before them. So they have to figure it out on their own without the pass down wisdom. Um, and, and I see that as an attack on the family, but also an attack on the young people. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a reason why we don't have to learn it all ourselves. Uh, there's a reason why we have scriptures and tradition to help us understand what would take us a lifetime to figure out on our own. Yeah. And there's a reason why in families we have grandparents and parents and, and siblings and other people that we can learn from. Um, you know, So I, I always tell young people, when you see someone saying, be disrespectful of another person, that person is never working for God. Yeah. Because even... Jesus was respectful of those who were contrary to him and, and those sort of things. He still treated him with dignity, value, and respect. Yeah. Um, so when you see someone saying, hey, don't listen to anybody from that other generation. They don't know anything. That That's not 
Jesus talking. That yeah. That's coming from the other side. And so I guess a very easy tell for young people, whether it's a listen to that person or not listen to that person. And that's an attack on the family as well. Wow. So let's give some practical advice. I always love practical advice. You know, we, we talk in, 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 you know, these generalities. Just tell me what to do. You know, that's what I always say. Just tell me what to do. So so I love the, the practical advice and strategies to families. So, so let's go through some of those things. Yeah, I think I agree with you 100%. We say all these sort of things and, and then there's someone sitting around going like, well, how do I take the first step? Yeah. How do I do? So so just some practical things that uh, I've seen in, in families that uh, helps a lot with creating that strong domestic church is, is one, we talked about a second ago, but love your spouse and make your marriage come first. And, and uh, yeah. we're bringing into our diocese a new program, Evermore in Love. And so last weekend, uh, we had 21 couples from all over the diocese come and, and hang out for a weekend um, with us as they were kind of getting trained. And their job is they're going to go um, not only did they work on their marriage that weekend, but they're going to go out and start working with our engaged in couples and they're going to mentor those couples as they go through their engagements. So they're going to meet with them, go to mass together, um, eat together. And, and really, you know, Pope Francis talks about this a lot, the need to accompany others on the journey. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. And, and again, one of the big things that we can always do to make sure our family is strong is to uh, is to love our spouse put them first and to work hard to make sure that uh, we take care of them. And even myself, I'm, I'm reading this. I know my wife's listening and she's like, huh, did you hear that, Bill? Did yeah. you hear what you just said? So <laughs> so I've got work in my own house that I always got to keep working on and, and those things. But uh, What's if your I, wife's name? Her name's Mandy. Mandy. It's recorded. You can play that whenever you need to. It's recorded. Connect, contact Anetta. So, there you go. Sorry. It'll be on her. It'll be her ringtone from here on out. But, there you uh, go. But but that's uh, but that's something I know. If I love my kids and I want to protect my kids, I've got to love and and serve my wife. And so I think that's the first thing practically that you guys can do is make that strong marriage. It's a representation of unconditional love yeah. for kids. Yeah. Because that message of no matter what happens to us, we'll stay together. Yeah. Tells the kid. God tells us unconditional love, no matter what happens, he'll love me. And and they really get to understand that. And that's an important part of, of a faith journey is that unconditional love. Yeah, I, I agreed. Oh, my gosh. The, and that's just so important is is that, that they know, you know, they know we have that unconditional love. Yeah, I, I, I would say number two, mm-hmm. pray together as a family. Yeah. And this this is one of the more maybe difficult and awkward things, especially maybe for males or maybe it's just me. I don't know. Mm-hmm. When we went to school as a kid, my mother would always we'd say prayers as we were going to school and and uh, uh, I didn't appreciate the importance of that but I also now when I drive my kids to school we either say a deck another rosary and, and on the five days we get a whole rosary said or we say some prayers you know St. Michael and the guardian angel and and those sort of things the family that prays together stays together and there's a reason why that phrase exists yeah. and no matter how awkward it is or how weird it might be to say hey let's get together and let's pray uh, if you want to protect your kids and you want them to be able to grow up in, in you know, good Christian environments, you've got to do that. Yeah. And, and so praying together as a family is important. Meal prayers are easy. Um, but even before you go to bed or when you mm-hmm. get up first in the morning or when you're on a drive, uh, many, many, many people that uh, are engaged in our churches can tell stories of every time they went on a road trip, mom and dad would bust out the rosary. Yeah. And that's what they'd pray on that road trip. Um, now, as a dad, I know that's like, hell, keep this vehicle together yeah. <laughs> sort of prayer. But but that's an important testament to your kids. Yeah. And, and so that's a, a practical thing you can do to make your family strong is pray together. 
Yeah, agreed. And, and you know, the, the intentions, you know, of going around and, and, you know, praying intentions. Everybody gives their intention. We used to do it in the evenings right before bed. We'd pray our rosary. You know, we'd have the candle lit, lights low. You know, then it, they're kind of calming down and, and still praying, too. And, and it was always powerful. But I still remember every evening one of my husband's intentions was that he would be a better husband and father tomorrow than he was today. Yeah, and we'll, and we'll fail. And that's an important yeah. thing mm-hmm. is to, you know, that examination of conscience at night, you can either let that haunt you or you can say, yeah, I failed today, but I can do better tomorrow and and really put those things to rest. So I agree with that. Um, I think another thing that we can do for our kids is pray for them without ceasing. Mm -hmm. And I I think this is really, I'm pretty passionate about this being one of the reasons why a lot of our kids are struggling. They used to be surrounded by prayers constantly, yeah. and they'd have those graces, whether it was their grandmother at home praying for them or their grandfather going to Mass and praying for them, and then their parents praying as well. Um, I think we started worrying about a lot of other stuff, and we quit worrying about praying every single day for our kids. Yeah. And, and so I think if we want to help our kids out, we have to pray without ceasing for them. Bless yeah. them as they go through this day, Lord. Keep them walking with you. May the Holy Spirit guide them, protect them. Um, all those sort of things, they need that to be able to get through a weird world like we have now. Yeah. And they need those graces being sent. So when a little kid walks into a school and into this culture, uncovered by prayers and without those graces of people supporting and praying for him, that's a dangerous world for him. And so we want to make sure that we're we're praying for our kids. Yeah. And it's so important to let our kids know that they can come to us and say, I need prayers for this. You know, my my kids are adults now, you know, practicing the faith and, you know, some very, 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 very strong, some not so much, you know, and, and so they're in different levels. But many of them still contact me and say, Mom, I've got this going on. Will you pray for me? You know, yeah, or, beautiful. or, you know, it, it really, that's what we want, right? You Absolutely. Know? Um, and, and uh, you know, to, to remain close and a, a, and a part of their life, even though, you know, certainly we want them to go out and, and live their life. And, and uh, you know, we don't want them to be on mom's, you know, apron strings, right? As right. The, the, you know, but, but to go out and really live their life. But to come back to us, you know, when when they when they need that support and to know that that we will still pray for them. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful future testimony too because it's not like you're going to quit praying for your kids yeah. when you're in heaven and yeah. and as long as they're alive you're going to continue to pray for them and and yeah. I think that's a beautiful message you can give a, a young person is I will never stop praying for you in yeah. this life and in the next you will always have my prayers. Yeah. And I think for a kid that shows them their value and their dignity yeah. um, but I think it also they understand how important that is and how necessary that is. Yeah. And so I think it's a beautiful testimony of love. Beautiful. Love that. You know, and, and I think, too, we need to remember that fasting is a powerful prayer. Oh, absolutely. And, and and so often, you know, things get get rough. We got to fast for that kid. You know, we got yeah. it. We got it. You know, and and, you know, I had somebody tell me once that perpe- they do perpetually. They do that 33 days um consecration to Jesus through Mary, whatever, yep. you know, by Michael Gately, I yep. think Father yep. Michael Gately, they do that perpetually. And each each time they do it, it's for one of their children and they just keep going and keep it going, you know, because th- they are having difficulties in their family. And I, I just think what a beautiful thing to, yeah. to really, you know, specifically or or each decade of the rosary, you know, for a different child, sit down and, yep. and pray the decade of the rosary for your husband, you know, for your wife, whatever, you know, whatever it is, and, and really just figure out ways to remember 
You know, you say pray unceasingly, and certainly we want we want to do that, keep it in the front forefront of our mind. But when we pick specific kinds of, of prayers, it will remind us to do it every day. You know, for those of us that are, you know, crazy busy, you know, sometimes I want to just slap myself upside the head. It's like, Kelly, you know, here it is, what, time during the day, and you haven't sat down and prayed a rosary. You know, what the heck, right? And and uh, so, you know, we need so adding those kind of things really helps us to, to pray and remember to, to specifically pray for each child. Yeah, and the beautiful thing is prayers outside of time, so God can apply those when they're most yeah. needed. Yeah. And two, the other beautiful thing is someday we're going to get a chance to the veil will be removed and we'll be able to see where those graces of those prayers helped our kids in an important time or helped them in a place where they were at a fork in the road and, and those sort of things. And so right now we just entrust them to God. Yeah. Um, but someday we'll get the benefit of seeing what that looks like. And we're going to be excited that we were, you know, out there praying for our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. All right. So um, pray for our kids without ceasing. Parents need to be warriors who will protect their kids. Yeah, and I'm going to combine the next two. Uh, one, you got to be out there, and, and the world will look at you like you're a little crazy. And I, I'm okay with that because you got to protect your kids from things that can be dangerous to them. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, certainly when they're young, we understand all the things that can harm them. Um, we're less aggressive when they get to things like social media, pornography, and all those sort of things, mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs, and those things that can really affect their life as well. But you also have to be tough enough to fight them and they're going to resist growth and they're going to resist developing as Christians and developing character and all those sort of things. And if a parent just backs down anytime there's resistance, then that young person's not going to develop like they're supposed to. And so, you know, part of, of, you know, it's not always fun, but there's going to be a place on the other side where they appreciate all that. Uh, we, we have to be tough enough to you know, fight our kids and be able to raise them up the way they need to be raised. And, and that's not easy. And again, this is in a society where society's telling the kids, your parents don't know anything. Don't listen to them. They're giving you bad advice. So we're fighting against that. We're fighting against social media and we're fighting ourselves because, again, we like to be liked. And so when the kid's like, I don't like you and we're like, oh, that's sad. Um <laughs> We need to be but tough enough. You. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and that's what my mother's response back was always like, well, I don't care if you like me. I love you. And I, there's nothing you can do to change. Yeah. But but it's on us. And then I think we've seen the results of some parents who just didn't want to fight their kids mm. and they wanted to make it easy. And we've seen the result of that is not good. And so um, in order to help our kids and to protect our family, we have to be tough enough to fight them um, and to form them as, as good Christian young people. Yeah. Excellent. Love, 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 love that. We're talking about practical advice um, and strategies for families to, to really stand up against the current culture and to keep our family um, strong and with tough skin. So so we'll go further with that. Yeah, And, and I think, because I know we're about out of time, but uh, just to wrap up the last three to put together. Oh we my can, gosh, we are. We can what put the them, heck? We can put them all kind of together. Yeah. Uh, and again, I hope everybody understands as I'm talking, I'm giving myself advice too, because I still got to work on these things with my yeah, family yeah. and I'm concerned about protecting uh, my kids and those things. Um, I think the last thing I would say practically is be involved with who your kids friends are, mm. uh, which is why I smiled when Hayden Brown won, because that's my sixth grader's friend. Nice. Uh, and so that's why I, I knew Hayden. Yeah. Uh, so be involved with your kids' friends. Be selective with who you're associating with. Yeah. Um, and then you've got to be protective of the media that you allow in your house, yeah. whether it's social media or what's on TV and those sort of things. Um, obviously, I don't have to tell everybody the 
pornography craziness that's out there that is destroying lives and families and those sort of things. Um, but even, even language and just you know, all the different things that are trying to get our young people and ourselves away from the gospel message, away from Christ, away from living for others. Um, I think if, if you're protective of their friends and you make sure they're hanging out with good people, yeah. you're protective of who you're associating with and you're protective of what gets to come into your house. Um, I think that's a, a really practical thing that can help our families to be strong yeah. uh, domestic churches like God wants us to have. Yeah. And recommendations for keeping pornography out. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of uh, um, and I can't think of it right now. Um, it's it locks all your apps up and stuff. Yeah, I, can't, I can't think of it either. I cannot I, think I, we of it. Used but, it for years, but I don't yeah. have any in my house. But I, so. I did. Uh, Jason Everett's, and I, I can't tell you what it is. But if you do a little research, you'll be able to find it. They do have a, a new thing out um, that basically routes all of your internet through it. So instead of it being an app that your kids can figure out a way to get around, um, this ensures that all of your internet and those sort of things. It's a, it's a modem, um, and so if you Google that a little bit, you'll be able to find it. But uh, but I would definitely make sure if you have a teenage young person that you have yeah. that and and. Uh, but even as an adult, it's not a terrible thing to have yeah. just to protect your own eyes and your own mind from yeah. things that uh, Satan's trying to get into. And, sure. and we know the results of what that's doing to families. And, and uh, um, so I think, you know, it's important. It's important. It is important. Absolutely. All right. So, wow. I don't know where the time went. That was really quick. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything that, that you shared with us. Okay, uh, before that, it's Covenant Eyes is the app. Yeah, I looked on my phone. So too. Yeah, there we go. You. So, yeah. all right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. We ask that you may bless all of us today. We ask that you may bless our families, our young people, and that you may help bring about uh, the courage that we need in our hearts to convert those around us. We ask all this again through the intercession of your blessed Mother Mary with a Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy, Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God pray, pray for, for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the, the hour, hour of our death, death. amen. amen. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know it is affordable and your 30-second spot will run three times during the show, which runs five times a week on five different stations. Interested? Give us a call, 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.